I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to our final regular season edition of Rams All Access. With my broadcast partners, Maurice Jones-Drew and DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long, the Cardinals and the Rams both facing a win-and-get-in scenario at SoFi Stadium this Sunday. Let's start with some well wishes, though. MJD, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you guys as well. How are things going? All right, DeMarco, it's been a heck of a ride. I'm not sure any of us were certain that we would see a Week 17, but here we are. Wouldn't have it any other way. Bumpy's the only way to go. <laughs> well, we might have it one other way, and that is with a uh, playoff berth already in hand, right? The Rams are going to take their third consecutive crack at punching their playoff ticket. Couldn't get it done against the Jets. That one feels quite costly in hindsight. And then a, a hard-fought loss to the Seattle Seahawks, which we can touch on a little bit here as well. But now their circumstances have changed with uh, their quarterback injured, some of their key players not able to go this weekend. And it feels like the uh, cards are stacked against them as they take on Arizona in Week 17. Well, isn't that the way you want it to go, is to, to be the, behind the eight ball, I guess, with one game to play? Um, maybe I'm trying not to be too spoiled with the Sean McVay era of winning the division and, and just blowing past opponents. I mean, this is the way most of the NFL has to live, where it's one game, do or die. And, you know, this is going to be fun. And you're... Receiver, you're you're going to be playing a backup quarterback, but you still are fielding one of the better defenses in the National Football League. So there's a lot uh, to to hang your hat on if if you're a Rams fan. So and and the other thing to consider is I don't think Arizona has still figured out how to beat you just yet. So with all the issues that you're having on offense, your defense still travels, uh, you're still well coached, and your culture is still intact. So. A one, a one win to get in versus the Arizona Cardinals, I think I would, from an outsider's perspective, I would take the Rams in this matchup. Yeah, you know what, DeMarco, I, I would say this. that They are in the playoffs right now, right? Um, even though you do have an opportunity to lose and still get some help from the Packers, but to me, you're in the playoffs. You need a playoff atmosphere right now. You need to practice like it's playoffs. You need to coach, have meetings like it's playoffs because winning get in, to me, is winning in, in, in advance, right? It's the same difference. So, to me, it's 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 more of yeah, you have a rookie QB, Arizona maybe, you know, overlooking you or thinking those things, but that offense still has to go against this defense. And Jalen Ramsey still has to match up with DeAndre Hopkins. You still have to find a way to block Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd. Uh, and to be honest with you, I feel like the Rams match up perfectly with John Wolford against his Arizona t- defense. And, and the reason I say that is on those third downs that we saw the Rams struggle last couple weeks, Jared Goff did not run, or at least he attempted to run. Uh, but he wasn't very successful. John Wolford is a different athlete, a different player when it comes to that aspect. Uh, I think his legs may be the reason that that the Rams are able to advance here uh, in 2020. That's kind of the micro look at it, right? Like he can fix some things short distance, maybe third downs, maybe red zone finishing drives. From a macro perspective, DeMarco, we ran this thought past Les Snead on Monday who stepped in for Sean McVay and the coaches show. You know, Sean dealing with the reality of this week ahead actually begged off of that one so we could get a head start on his game plan without Jared Goff. I think that makes total sense. But the point I was driving at is 
let's face it, this offense had bogged down. This offense had hit a wall. It was becoming a restrictor plate on the capabilities and the potential of this team. And I wonder if we won't leave Inglewood on Sunday saying, you know, it may have been a blessing in disguise because McVeigh was invigorated. The facility was given, you know, kind of new life, forced to rally around adversity and, and give their season a jolt that maybe no one wanted, but proved beneficial when all was said and done. Yeah, a spark is a spark, man. And I know some people want to make the connection to John Wolford and Kurt Warner and his rise and how that worked out. Uh, kind of the same. The uniforms are the same. The situation is a little bit different, but this is the backup going in. And just like Dick Vermeule said, we will rally around Kurt Warner. They're going to rally around John Wolford and play good football. So we'll see. Now, that's something that I can't wait for game day. Now, just between the three of us and everyone else who's listening, I can't wait to see how McVay uses John Wolford. I can't wait to see if the offense changes with another quarterback in there. Will there be a new dynamic? Obviously, because the guy can run. Uh, w- will there be a change in play calling? Uh, how many times do you get this guy on the edge to where uh, part of the game plan is your third read or your second read is to run and pick up first downs? Uh, so this will be interesting. And, you know, when you talk about the the joy or how excited everyone is for, for Wolford to, to get a crack at it, that says a lot about him. But I think I agree with you 100%. It says a lot about where you were offensively, uh, that it wasn't just the fan base that was clamoring for something different, something new coming from inside the building. So now you've got your opportunity. Yeah, you've got a, a, a more fleet-footed quarterback going in. Let's see if that changes the offense. Let's see if that changes the play calling coming off the sideline. And quite frankly, and I'll add this. Yeah, go, Morris. Yeah, for I sure. I was going to add real quick, JB, that the running, the legs of John Wolford is not only going to help the Rams uh, offensively and to continue to move drives, but think about all the running backs that have running quarterbacks, right? Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards with Lamar Jackson. Just that hint of a quarterback willing to take off opens another hole for your running game. And I know that you'll probably be without Daryl Harrison and possibly have Cam Akers back, but. Malcolm Brown with a running quarterback that hammers him, very similar to what we saw with C.J. Anderson a couple years ago. That may be it. You may come out with that same game plan. You want to run downhill, run at the Arizona Cardinals, and get on out of this game. You may see Malcolm Brown with a, you know, a 30-carry game with some big runs because the defense has to uh, – you know, they have to um, – what's the word I'm looking They have to – Honor really, the quarterback. Uh, honor the quarterback. That's right. Honor the quarterback. And if they do that, that opens up holes for your running game. I know you don't have any secret insight, but just based on your experience in the league and dealing with high ankle sprains, is it realistic to think that Cam Akers, two weeks removed, would be on the field against the Cardinals? Yeah, I mean, you could play, you could play with anything pretty much, as long as it's you know it's intact. Uh, with the high ankle sprain, I've 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 played with those before. Um, it's tough, but you know, all week you're working on just getting the swelling down, getting the mobility and the strength in it, and then you try to go out there and play as best you can. Uh, and right now, I think you'd ra- rather have Cam Akers at 70% or 65% than him not being out there, to be honest. Hmm. One of the big picture thought here as we get started on this edition of Rams All Access with DeMarco Farr and Maurice Jones-Drew, I am insistent, and maybe I'm delusional, maybe I'm too close to it, that this team is too good to miss out on the postseason. Hmm. And what I mean by that is they've got transcendent stars in their prime. And when you get 16 games out of Aaron Donald and out of Jalen Ramsey, and when you get career seasons out of players like John Johnson and Leonard Floyd and Darius Williams, 
you have to cash those opportunities in because to get back to this point, this juncture next season, not only is it not guaranteed, but the odds are stacked against it. To get to where you are this healthy with as good a look in an open NFC, I don't think you – I mean, you're not returning the playoff spot no matter how it comes. Even if it takes the Packers gifting you one on Sunday, take it, turn the page, and go take your shot. Wow. You know what? Uh, I just got a phone call, and it's Bill Parcells. He's saying, hey, JB, your record is what you – your record – you are what your record says you are. That's number one. And then Jim Mora, playoffs, 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 right? Like as his, his team did not deserve the playoffs by the way they played. So I'm kind of in that category. There are some good teams in the National Football League that never made the postseason, and it's all self-inflicted. Uh, it could be player. It could be scheme. It could be coach on his way out the door. So – I think the Rams have had at least one of those situations, uh, especially to end the regular season. So whatever it is, uh, if you don't make the postseason, that's on you. But it, you have one more shot at it. You're making the change at quarterback. Let's hope you get that spark needed from that position. So like you said, you can get this good team into the postseason and make something happen there. Let me let me spin it a different way. Who do you think the Seattle Seahawks are rooting for in their heart of hearts on Arizona. Sunday? The Cardinals or the Rams? <laughs> Arizona. Why would you want to see Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey again? Maurice, any doubt? I, I No, I, I mean, listen, regardless of – even with Jared Goff playing as bad as he did uh, against Seattle, and he didn't really play that bad, but the interception that he threw when they were driving going down in the red zone, like, you can correct that. And so the Seahawks, they know that they got out of that game by the hair of their chinny-chin-chin. And they're like, listen, we don't want to run into these dudes again. And I don't think anyone in the NFC wants to run into these dudes again. If you look at it across the board, the Rams defense. Well, I, I don't think the Saints up. are worried. I don't think Green Bay would be oh, scared. They, oh, no, no. They're terrified. Don't get it twisted because. They no, no, I, I, Just, I, not, I, I wouldn't be terrified. I, I bet they feel the same way about their offense as we do about the defense. They feel they can score on anybody. Matchup. And, and one I, more I think, thing. And I think, you don't you, you don't think Jared Goff played a bad game in Seattle? No, I think he did. I, I was what oh. I'm saying, it wasn't it wasn't his worst game, but oh, it was a okay. bad game. And so yeah. what I'm saying is if Jared Goff and we, you know, if Jared Goff gets hot, and all of a sudden he starts playing, he has a stretch where he starts playing well. That it becomes trouble for everyone because not every defense is like the Rams defense that they're going against, right? If you think about it the NFC, yeah. what the the what is it? The Saints have the best defense right now, I want to say, in the NFC, and they, they've given yeah. up tons of points to everyone. So you're in this situation where if team. you get in, yeah, if you get in, all of a sudden you get healthy, you get Akers back, you get Whitworth back, you get Golf back. Uh, hopefully Daryl Henderson toughs it out for the playoffs. All of a sudden it becomes an issue, uh, a big a big issue for a lot of teams. And I'm not off the Golf bandwagon. And it, it took me – it took it takes a lot of guys. I don't know if you went through this, Maurice. Uh, it, sometimes it takes an injury that you you're removed from the game for a little bit to figure out that you actually love what you do and you come back better. So that's the guy I'm hoping for, that when you come back from this injury, you were better than you were before. But let's not mince words and say that he was okay versus Seattle. Uh, I think he was a, a, a sight lower than okay. He wasn't very good. He hasn't been very good in a month. Well, no, let's pick exactly up that right. train of thought on the other side then. Let's let's maybe address the potential for a week off, unintended and undesired as it was, to be beneficial for Jared Goff, to be a turning point in his career because he's not going anywhere. This is not the end of the road for Jared Goff and the Rams. Let's be serious. What might he be capable of 
with an injured thumb and with a game on the sideline. That plus I want each of you to kind of think of a Rams New Year's resolution for me Ooh. for our next segment. We'll do some New Year's resolutions coming up next on Rams All Access 710 ESPN. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, we'll spend a good portion of this segment on Jared Goff and his future and what awaits him, hopefully in the postseason with the Rams. Also want to touch on some New Year's resolutions as promised, but... Just to resume the conversation, Maurice Jones, Drew, and Marco Farr, because we were discussing the off day that Goff had in Seattle, I spent a lot of time this week thinking and appreciating just how razor thin the margin is in this league. And maybe no better time to appreciate it than when your season is very much on the brink going into week 17. But as sick to the stomach as we all are over the Jets' loss and the Seattle loss, I mean, you are literally – uh, Simba Webster dodging a Jets punter away or a holding call not getting flagged against the Jets or one of five plays inside the 10-yard line finding pay dirt against the Seattle Seahawks and Jamal Adams away from resting your starters in Week 17 and already being in a clinch position without playing a lick better, literally without doing anything better on any phase of the game. Well, JB, that, that that's what it comes down to. I think that's... Where, why everyone's so sick because you're talented enough to go out there and really execute this game plan um, and and the play calls that they're that are there in front of you but for some reason that they break down or if it's the punt return like Simba Webster finally breaks one and all you have to do is sidestep the punter and you get tackled right and then that becomes uh, you know the loss there so it, it's definitely razor thin but this is my thing when we talk about Jared Goff and, and it goes back to what happened with Aaron Rodgers early in his career. They used to have a quarterback camp, and I believe this, and this is why I believe Jared has taken like a step backwards, not a step forwards. There was no OTAs for Sean to really work all the little things and nuances in. They had to come in and play right away with that shortened training camp and trying to get things going. And Jared may be a guy that you need time uh, to develop with. And why I say to Aaron Rodgers was, I don't know if you guys know this, but back in the heyday before the new CBA came out, the Packers used to hold a quarterback school for three weeks in March and all the quarterbacks would come back to green Bay in March. And Mike McCarthy would literally just drill in all their technique, all the different things, just with the quarterbacks though, that they would go over game plans. It'd be the, it'd be the first time they would do it. They do it in OTAs. They do it in mini camp. They do it in training camp. And then they play faster. And so I, I believe that Jared is a guy that needs time. He needs time every year to kind of refix everything that he's going through in the offseason, whatever it may be, he needs that time. And so his the way he's regressed, it kind of made me think like Sean McVay didn't have that that much time with him. He didn't have that much of an opportunity to really to really dial in on what he wants from Jared Goff. It was kind of like, here's a playbook. We got to get all these rookies up to going and hopefully you know what you're doing. You're you've been here, blah, blah, blah. Well, there's some guys that aren't like that. And DeMarco, we've played with guys that need reps and need tens of thousands of reps in order for it to click and get going. And I think this short and off season might be one of the reasons why he's struggling. I want to push back on that though, Maurice, hold on, hold on that. Here's why I don't buy that. 
is because Jared Goff has played this year and really throughout his career his best football in the front half of the schedule, not the back half. So if he was out of sorts, if he wasn't prepared, if he wasn't in rhythm, wouldn't we have seen that in September rather than November and December again? We did see that in September and October, right? We we saw no. Those he was a top five he... quarterback, and he was a top five quarterback for the first month of the season again. Well, the Cowboys it wasn't the best. I don't think it was their best game they did against the Cowboys. I don't think he played his best game until the second half of the Bills game. The Eagles game they just had their number. It felt like, and they were just doing whatever they wanted. Uh, guys were running literally wide open. It wasn't like he had to like put the ball into tight spaces, right? Um, and then so he finally starts to get challenged, and all of a sudden it becomes, you know, it's like, oh, 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 I just, and again, this is just me, and I played with guys like this, quarterbacks and other players on the thing, that they need reps, and they need tons of reps. And, and to go back to the Super Bowl playoff run, he struggled a little bit in December, but remember they had, was it, was it Higby or was that last year? Higby had that amazing run in the month of December. Higby last year. Okay, so that was part of Jared Goff, right? That run was because of Jared Goff. It wasn't as if he was playing horrible, but their offensive line went to, you know, weren't wasn't the best, and they found a way to make it improvement. So I, I believe that he's just a guy that needs to – He there's three different type of learners. There's ones that hear it, see it, and then ones that have to do it. He's a do-it kind of guy, and he has to do it over and over and over again. And if he can't get those reps in, sometimes those looks that you're looking at, if you're a quarterback, like maybe it's cover three – or maybe something else, and then it spins out to be something different, he can't – he doesn't really uh, um, adjust to it as well. Well, you know, uh, just, you know, look, uh, I think this offense has a chance to be different than it was because there's a different quarterback under center. So we're going to figure out is that going to be better or worse. Uh, as far as in the passing game, you are losing something. You're going from 6'4", six, 6'5", six, to 6 feet. Uh, so that's going to change things, especially out of the shotgun or uh, in your play-action game. So expect a lot of him moving. But, well, I, I don't think there's any debate that, that Jared Goff has kind of fallen off a little bit. Now, why that is, I don't know. That's 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 squarely up to Jared Goff to tell us. If, if And we never got an answer on Todd Gurley. Uh, it was just kind of use your, you know, uh, use your eyes to, to, to tell you what's going on there. But with Jared Goff, I, I couldn't tell you. But all I know is he's out. Wolford's going in. So uh, just and, and speaking of that, with the running game uh, early, uh, you, you have to get that running game going if you're Sean McVay. And I don't, I'm not talking about a bunch of gimmicks or a bunch of little trick plays or running the ball through the air. I mean, good, hard fashion, traditional run the ball down their throat to keep them honest, to keep those edges short. Uh, and when you talk about a running quarterback and you have to honor the, uh, the, the, the legs of the quarterback, that means that backside defensive end uh, now has to play the bootleg, which pulls him off the run game. So expect some runs, more runs than we've seen this year to pop a little bit because that backside end has been the one that's killing you. It, it kills your cutback lane. So uh, hopefully the offense gets a spark, gets a jump, and we're able to see what it used to look like when the offense was uh, in full form. DeMarco, I love the way you described it. I think it was during Sunday's game. When you used to face Barry Bonds as an opposing pitcher, you would not want to be in a fastball count ever, right? Never. That's trouble. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> right. You, you, I mean, even, if, even if you're Cy Young, you're going to get burned in those, in those type of known fastball counts. For the better part of the last month, let's just say, it feels like Sean McVay as a play caller has been in known passing situations or dead red fastball counts, doesn't it? And I, and I think this gives him 
a broader scope going into week 17? Well, I mean, help the guy out if you can. Help the play caller out. Uh, you know, this is the one thing, like, that Seattle doesn't have to worry about, that uh, Mahomes, uh, Kansas City doesn't have to worry about. If the play that comes off the sideline is dead, if the defense has it cold, they've got everybody covered, and you can't throw the ball X, Y, and Z, those quarterbacks, Wilson, Mahomes, and some of the uh, they can find a way to keep the play viable and to pick up first downs. Uh, just help the play caller out, make a bad play, a good play. And then eventually when, when you get the play that you want or the personnel group that you want, you can hit them for a big play. But you know, every single time when you're facing third and medium or third and long and they have everything booked up and the only thing you can do is run and you can't do that, then guess what? You're going to see a lot of Johnny Hecker and a lot of your defense that day. What about just a word of caution here? Cause I, I don't want to, Ignore the fact that uh, in the National Football League, it can always get worse, right? And you have to be careful what you wish for, whether it's as a, a fan or a follower of a team. It's an unknown commodity at quarterback this week, and there's a better than zero chance that it gets worse, not better. Oh, well, you know what's funny, man? When you guys were talking about if Simba Webster can dodge that punter and score and you'd probably win the game, I swear I thought I was back in 2015 where you're begging for punt returns to bail you out. You know what I mean? But that was just one mm -hmm. game but versus an entire season. But that's that's where you are. And it could get worse. And we've seen that, man. If your backup goes in and, frankly, it's too big for him. Or if Arizona decides to dial it up that day and bring a lot of exotic stuff, which I'm expecting because, like Maurice said, you don't have film on him. But if you change up what you're doing, because all he's studying is what you have on film, give him different looks. He may throw it to you three times in a football game. And then where do you go if you're the Rams? So, I mean, a lot could go wrong with this, but we're expecting a, a lot of positives out of this offense with Wolford at quarterback. And Maurice, it's not like he's going into uh, this first guys, NFL it's... start, this first NFL appearance with a with a fully stacked deck, right? I mean, he's not going to have Cooper Cup. He's not going to have Daryl Henderson. We'll see if he has cam Akers, do you think the game plan for mcveigh will look more similar or different than it has with jared goff uh i think it'll be different i think they're gonna they're use the athleticism the speed of, of john wolf or more with some read option and i can tell you from experience i've played with in a season multiple quarterbacks it can get much worse like th that's why I'm, I'm trying to kind of bring it tone it down a little bit like i played with guys who Literally, we bring them in on Tuesday and they start on Sunday. It can get much worse. And, and the game plan is just, you know what, if worse comes to worse, check the ball down. Or worse comes to worse, check it to a run play. And, and so the Rams are in that situation where they ha they've had a guy that's been in this system for two years. He's run it. He's done some different things. So, yes, you hope that he goes out there and he can he can play uh, uh, good enough to, 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 to get you a, a victory. But – uh, there's also that other side everywhere he doesn't, like DeMarco said. And, and and then guess what? Your defense has to go out there and make plays. But the beautiful thing is they've been in this situation multiple times before, so it's nothing new for them. I just believe that with if, if you're a coach and you know, okay, look, it's third and two. We've been normally just run, turn around, hand the ball, and guys are just like teeing off on our O-line and firing gaps. I'd rather now use the read option with John Wolford and possibly have a pass option off it. Mm. You may see some more college – like options or cause like spread plays in there just to throw this defense off. Cause you haven't seen those with the Rams. I don't, I think Jared in the three, the four years, four or five years that we've covered this team. Um, he's pulled the ball twice on a read to run it. it to he did run. it against the it's Cardinals in London and scored on it. I remember. 
He did. I remember it might have been two or three times, but it'll be completely different with Wolford in there because of his ability. If you sell out against that running back, he can pull it and break off a 50, 60 yard run. He's more I, 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 to give our fans um, uh, a kind of a, a person that he's like. He's more like Daniel Jones than he is. Anything oh, really? Else. I was going to say Flutie. <laughs> yeah, oh, he can run. Little guy that can move around oh, like that. DeMarco, yeah, I remember the on. other one where he pulled it. Didn't uh, Jared Goff get clotheslined and folded up around the goal line? That's oh, where yeah. I see them using the zone yeah, read was... around the, around the uh, the goal line. Uh, that just presents a whole different option that the Rams did not have. So uh, maybe it won't be a 50, although he does have, have that ability, but from three yards out, four yards out, and you run that zone read concept, you've got issues as that defensive end. Now you've got to contain that quarterback, and if you miss, he's in the end zone. Well, it goes without saying sometimes, but it's not like he has to set the world afire. I mean, this defense has allowed the fewest offensive points per game in the league. They've got a really good look at winning the scoring title for the first time since 1975. We'll discuss how they match up against Kyler Murray and a Cliff Kingsbury offense that's limping to the finish line. Plus, as promised, our New Year's resolutions for the Rams on the back half of Rams All Access here on 710 ESPN. We continue with Rams All Access. It's time for our weekly segment, Four Down Territory, our trip inside opponent's territory. It's the rematch with the Arizona Cardinals at SoFi Stadium this week and in Week 17. Kent Summers is our guest. He's a columnist for the Arizona Republic and covers the Cardinals in the desert. Kent, in the back half of this schedule, though they have had some impressive performances, it seems like the Cliff Kingsbury offense has hit a bit of a wall. Is that the sense you get to and any explanation for why their offense is bogging down a little bit here in the back half? Yeah, there's no question that it has. I mean, in the first half of the season, they went through a streak of five straight games where they scored at least 30 points and gained at least 400 yards. And you think, okay, this this thing's really rolling. And then over the second half, what you think is the NFL started to figure this guy out, and they've limited the Cardinals' run. They pretty much have figured out when they're going to go to DeAndre Hopkins. The Cardinals haven't had any successful counters to that, and it's been a, it's been a real struggle for the last oh, six weeks or so. I know Kyler Murray said he's going to play after suffering that late leg injury and the loss to the San Francisco 49ers. What's your level of belief that he's going to be able to operate at a capacity close to 100%? It, all signs indicate that he that he will be. He's he's practicing. They've downplayed the injury. It's it's. I think it's more. They, they're not even saying. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury sounded a lot like a hockey coach in how vague he's been about this injury. He hasn't quite gone. You know, it's a lower body, but he's just uh, stopped at saying it's a it's a leg injury. I think it's more of a contusion than than anything else. That's just my hunch, and from watching the play, I I think he's going to be fine, especially as as he warms up. I don't think it's going to be a case of, you know, when he's played the Rams before on a hamstring and and really struggled. I if he's not a hundred percent, I I would be surprised if he's not close to it. Kent Summers is our guest for Down Territory this week. He's a columnist for the Arizona Republic, keeping an eye on the Cardinals. Kent, I feel like I've asked this question at least three times in previous years, but here it is again. If the Cardinals do not advance, could this be Larry Fitzgerald's last game as a pro? Sure. Yeah, I, I, I think it could be. And and I've written that column about four straight years, but it's his 17th season uh he's become just a role player in this offense he has only one touchdown 
catch. He's basically a move-the-chains guy, a guy they'll throw you know the ball to 5 to 15 yards. He's not a down-the-field guy um, anymore. But who, who knows? He, he keeps things pretty close to his, his vest and his very tight inner circle. And traditionally, he's waited until at least mid-January or so to make that final determination so it really could go either way he's, he's got a lot of other interests business interests that he could pursue or he could look at it and say where am I going to make this kind of money again and I really like what the Cardinals have going for you know for it here and and maybe he thinks that you know a, a Jerry Rice record you know is is within his grasp if he plays a couple more years so I, I don't know my, my sense is he's a pretty proud guy um I don't know if he'd want to go on for an 18th season in this role. You know, I, if I had to guess right now, I would say probably no, but I think it's very close. Last thing, Ken, I know the Cardinals are hoping to return to the playoffs for the first time in five years, win, and they are in just like the Rams. If it does not work out in their favor, if they were to be eliminated in weeks 16 and 17 by C.J. Beathard, a third stringer for the Niners, and John Wolford, a backup for the Rams, what would that make the off season feel like in the desert? I think it would make it more of a disappointment than than an eight and eight record would would indicate. I mean, if you take a big picture look, you know it's a team that won only eight games the previous two years total. So to get to five hundred, you know, if you'd have said that in August, you thought, well, okay, that's an accomplishment, that's improvement, maybe a little bit of a disappointment, but then you go week by week of the season and, and how they got to this point, you know, they were five and two at one point and in first place in the NFC West. And since then it's just been sort of a slog through the muck for this team. And it was, and when they've been bad, they've been really bad. And it's happened once in September, it's happened in October, November happened last week against a beat up 49ers. Like you said, not only starting CJ Beathard, but practically no one healthy on defense. And yet, you know, Robert Saylor, their coordinator, came out there and just dominated that matchup against the Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury. And and that's the point I think fans are at here is, like, if you can't clinch that game at home against the 49ers, a banged-up 49ers team that's had to live on the road for a whole month, then maybe you don't deserve to be the playoffs. So I, I think if they lose this one, there'll be a, a ton of disappointment, not only in the organization, but but among their fans for sure. Kent, we appreciate your time on this New Year's Eve. Wishing you all the best in 2021. You too. Thank you. And we continue with DeMarco Farr, Maurice Jones-Drew. Looking forward to being back at SoFi Stadium. The final game in Inglewood this season begins a new year. Kyler Murray leads the NFL in yards per carry, gentlemen. But as we discussed with uh, Kent there, he's having some trouble getting this offense into the end zone. And he's having trouble making DeAndre Hopkins as explosive as he traditionally is. How do you see the rematch going with Murray and the Cardinals from the defense's perspective? Uh, yeah, I believe this. I believe that the, it's their system that doesn't allow them to take advantage of the Rams' defense because you're in such you're in shotgun majority of the time. You're spread offense. You're trying to get the ball out quick and all these different things, which means that you're not really put paying and putting the capital into the offensive line that you need. Now, the Rams do a great job of forcing Kyler to go to his second and third read, which allows Aaron Donald and company to get to him. And so it's their system that, that, that struggles because when you're in that spread system, the ball is about 
It's it's about getting the ball out to the sidelines quick and force stretching the defense horizontally. And, and that's why they're not getting the same production or the same explosiveness, explosiveness out of DeAndre Hopkins because he's a vertical down the field jump ball threat. So if you're not throwing jump balls half the time, which we know the Cardinals aren't, um, it's not going to work. And so the Rams match up well against these open spread type offenses. And, and I believe that the, it's just the system in which they want to try to get the ball to different guys in different situations. It just doesn't fit what the, uh, for them what the Rams are doing defensively. All right, 42 targets, 28 catches, less than 400 yards, and four touchdowns. Who am I talking about, Maurice Jones-Drew? DeAndre Hopkins versus Jalen Ramsey. No, that is your man crush, Dan Arnold. I'm not believing it. I'm not believing a backup tight end is that good against the Rams. I just think you're having problems there, but I, I think that might be the issues. I mean, Fitz, Larry Fitzgerald is what he is now. I mean, he's an icon, uh, but as far as being a weapon, uh, okay, whatever. DeAndre Hopkins is the only weapon that Kyler Murray really has. If you sit down and lock down on everybody else and you force him to go away, then you've got issues. Now, maybe I'm crazy and you can call me insane, but – I would say if Kyler Murray is going to beat me as a defense, he's going to do it uh, with his legs because I'm locking down everything. I'm going to let that little dude scramble as much as he wants because I can lock that down once I get to the red zone. But the one thing I am not going to do is turn people loose. Absolutely not. I will not turn my focus into uh, throwing everything I've got just to stop Kyler Murray from running. You need to stop Hopkins from getting open. Force him to hold the football. You've got a better chance to – in this offense, but yeah, they have their own issues. Uh, I, I st- uh, just it, not to mention they can't block Aaron. Not to mention that Leonard Floyd still uh, will win around that left edge time and time again. They have their issues without playing the Rams. They're still having foul ups on, on that side of the football. So either way you slice it, the one thing that can't happen is DeAndre Hopkins cannot get open. You've got to lock him up. That's got to be focus number one, and then you get after Kyler Murray. That's how you beat this football team. D Hop had eight catches, 52 yards, and a touchdown in the first meeting with the Rams. The the thing that I has become apparent to me about the Cardinals is I'm not sure that Kingsbury's air raid system fits their personnel. Like, and I'm not sure it's doing Murray any favors. It certainly isn't doing DeAndre any any favors, which is, you know, it seems kind of counterintuitive, but like they use pre-snap motion less than any team in the NFC. They line Hopkins out at, at the left X almost exclusively, right? So it's easy to shadow him, easy in air quotes here. Like, if you're Ramsey, you know where you need to be to catch right. him. And, and DeMarco, I hear what you're saying, too, about, like, not turning anyone loose. But as it stands right now with this offense, they're getting more expected points off schedule from Murray's scrambles than when they put him in the drop back position. Like they are not winning from a pure drop back position right now. And it's part of the reason why they've had, you know, six of their last seven worst showings on offense down the stretch here, including last week against the Niners. Yeah, I agree. But I, I, I wouldn't uh, go ahead and shadow Kyler Murray early uh, and, and just try to take away resources just to keep him in the pocket. Uh, that is paramount, but I would trust four guys to do it and keep seven in coverage so he doesn't have the easy boom boom passes for that air raid i agree man i think you could have stopped that sentence at i don't think his 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 air raid offense works period uh it's kind of hard it's expanded and when you have if you don't have enough weapons for it uh, it becomes an obvious offense and it puts more pressure on kyler murray which is like i said if he wants to scramble around or 
try to pull the ball down and, and run to beat you, then so be it. Get as many licks as you can on him. But what, the one thing you cannot do is let them uh, go bang, bang, uh, a play off the sideline through his helmet to the next receiver and, and, and keep things on schedule. Because if that's working and then he's making plays off schedule, you have almost no chance. So let your four go, go ahead and eat. Let Aaron do what he does best. Keep him in the pocket as best you can and just destroy the offense from that way. But don't let Hopkins out. Nothing easy. I'll also be curious to yeah, see if Chase uh, my, Edmonds can go. He, he's their third down back. Go ahead, Maurice. Yeah, I was going to say this, too. That, that, like, you cannot win consistently in the National Football League with your quarterback being your leading rusher. Now, people are going to say, what about Baltimore? Baltimore understands that they have a limited window with Lamar Jackson. They, he's not a, He's not going to be able to run the way he's running now. That's why they're trying to slowly transform this offense to more of a pocket passing, these type of things. But, yeah, he – He's a playmaker with his legs. They have to allow him to do that. Kyler Murray has a potential to be a pocket passer and to be very similar to Russell Wilson. But you're going to have to go through that transformation offensively, and it's not going to work if if he has to be your leading rusher for your offense to work. And that's, to be honest, that is their biggest issue. They can't lean on Chase Edmonds. They can't lean on Kenyon Drake because it's not what the offense does. When you watch this air raid at Texas Tech, guess what? They, they Their leading rusher was like 400 yards rushing. Like it wasn't it just didn't work out. So I don't know how it's going to work out in the National Football League when you have to be able to run to close out games. But let's see what, what the Cardinals are able to do uh, this week in what is a playoff type of atmosphere. And it's the first game of a new calendar year for the Los Angeles Rams, a run they hope takes them deep into the postseason. Coming up next, our final segment of Rams All Access, New Year's resolutions for the Rams to go deep with DeMarco Farr, with Maurice Jones, Drew J.B. Long, and this is Rams All Access on 710 ESPN. All right, the Rams' third consecutive bid at win and you're in. Can they extend their 2020 season into the new year into the playoffs? They'll face the Arizona Cardinals at SoFi Stadium this Sunday afternoon. Closing down the show with MJD and DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long, wishing you a very happy and safe and healthy New Year's. Uh, gentlemen, how about some resolutions? I'm not talking personal. We all want to eat better and exercise more and read more books. I get it. But how about for the football team? What can the Rams do better to make sure this season continues? Speak for yourself. Well, on all three. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say this, guys. You, you don't want to eat better? You don't want to exercise more? You don't want to read more? No. More DeMarco's more rest. <laughs> So I would say this, and, th and this is for me. Uh, last year it was like I wanted the Rams to run the ball more. I wanted the Rams to be a more physical offense. They did that. Uh, I think that's part of the reason they are where they are now because they were able to run the ball so successful in certain games throughout the course of the season. This one, this next one is limit the turnovers. If you take care of the football, you don't have to be an explosive offense. But how many games were the Rams so close to scoring 30, but it was a turnover here? or a mess, a snafu there, if you get to try to play cleaner football offensively in 2021, your record could be 13-3. and three. You can be up there with, with the tops of the NFC because you have the ability there. It's limiting the turnovers and not really too much being worried about the explosive plays, but just making sure you take care of the football. You know, wow. the, J.D., you're right. They've only allowed 30 points or more once. It was the game in Buffalo. The next highest scoring output – was Miami in a game in which the Rams turned it over four times and basically set the table for two in the Dolphins, including uh, all the defensive and special team scores they allowed in that contest. How about you, DeMarco? A New Year's resolution for the Los Angeles Rams? 
Okay, I went down the list. Number one, uh, this 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 didn't make it. So uh, the fact that Aaron Donald is so great that he doesn't deserve holding calls. So that's 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 not one. Uh, the other one is maybe um, I would value place kicker and punt returner a little bit more. I learned a lesson in 2020, but that's not it. Here is my New Year's resolution for the LA Rams. Under any circumstances, I mean few circumstances, unless it is a blowout in your favor, do I ever, and I mean never take Jalen Ramsey off the field for any amount of time during a football game. The man is a complete football player. He's not just a cornerback. So I could care less if the 49ers like to run it on second and media more than other teams. Keep him on the field at every possible down unless it's a blowout. That's my resolution. I see you. And and make him go with Debo Samuel wherever he goes too, right? You're not wherever passing that off. Wherever he goes. If he goes to the bathroom, go with him. <laughs> so uh, t- the first one was I liked it. Aaron, Aaron Donald deserves holding penalties, right? Like in, in the new year, if he can draw more than the one holding penalty he's been rewarded with all season, the Rams should be in good shape. That's ridiculous. Aaron Donald has only been held once this year. Really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's a great point. And the other one was effectively winning on special teams, right? Like it's yes. in some ways it's mind-boggling, isn't it, gentlemen? The Rams are negative in turnover margin and have consistently lost the third phase, and yet yeah. they still have a chance to punch their playoff ticket at home in week 17. Like those things don't typically add up in the NFL. No, they definitely they definitely don't, but for some reason this defense is kind of, you know, been this the the backbone of this team and, they, and they've limited teams to field goals in the red zone uh they don't give up a lot of explosive plays and they've really you know gotten key takeaways in, in crucial situations to put this this rams team back where it needs to be and to mjd's resolution 15 games into this season the rams have at least one giveaway in each of them only the denver broncos share that uh demerits on on this 2020 campaign all right, so my runner-up was finished drives, and I think with John Wolford in the equation, on short fields, they're a little bit more dynamic, and I think in a situation like they faced last week in Seattle, you know, someone like K.J. Wright, someone like Jamal Adams won't be able to wreak quite as much havoc as they did given Wolford's mobility. But where I think the Rams really have to get better is getting vertical. And whether that's Wolford or Goff, in their past six games – they're one for 12 on throws beyond 20 yards with a couple interceptions and no touchdowns in the modern NFL. You cannot win without getting vertical and having explosive plays. And I feel like defenses have figured out how to tamp down the explosive plays on offense with runs after catch. And, and that's where I feel like there's opportunity for growth where a a change of personnel hard though it may be might actually be a silver lining for the Rams because Look, they've asked too much. They've banked too much on their defense down the stretch here, and it's cost them, even though their defense, I believe, is elite. All right, it's New Year's Eve. Last call here. Final thoughts before Week 17 against the Cardinals. Maurice Jones-Drew, you can go first. Well, similar to Jamal Adams, Buda Baker is a guy that if you get him into space, he is definitely not as good as he is around the box blitzing or playing that linebacker spot. Uh, He's a missile when he comes in there to tackle guys, yes, but if you get him in coverage – and if you get him out there as a high safety, we've seen it where Daryl Henderson made a miss and took it for 30 yards to the house. And that's kind of a guy that I'm looking to see. Can the Rams take a little bit better advantage of him than they did against Jamal Adams, the Seahawks, 
And if they can do that, I think that is where the Rams will be victorious. Marco, go ahead and punctuate 2020 for us. All right, short and sweet, man. Uh, just going in for this game, JB and Maurice, I hope that John Wolford plays as well as quarterback as Joseph Noteboom has for Andrew Whitworth at left tackle. We haven't said his name that much at all, uh, which is great. So hopefully you keep it steady for a little extra gravy. Play a little better than Jared Goff did, and let's see what this offense looks like. But look, you've got a chance for the dance. You've got a chance for the postseason. That's all that matters. But really, what's out in front is you got to win one more game. If not, then you've got a long offseason off to think about it. So I'd rather do my thinking in the postseason. That's interesting. Give uh, give Boom the nod and hope that he can play well enough to give the job back to Whitworth next week in the wild card round, right? Absolutely. Exactly. All right. The 39-year-old left tackle certainly deserves another postseason opportunity. For Maurice Jones-Drew, for DeMarco Farr, I'm J.B. Long. Thank you for being with us throughout this 2020 regular season. It comes to a conclusion in Week 17 against the Arizona Cardinals at SoFi Stadium, but we hope we're talking playoff preview this time next week. Be safe tonight, everyone. Talk to you soon.